podcast called Live in the Stream comes to you each week. Streaming recommendations during NFL season, it's not just tongue and cheek. Quarterback defense tight end recommendations based on opposition matchup. Here are your podcast hosts, JJ Zacharyson and Danny Carter, Live in the Stream. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Living the Stream. I'm JJ Zacharyson, the late-round quarterback, and I'm joined by my loveliest ever co-host, Denny Carter. Denny, what's going on, buddy? Only our theme song could take me out of this dark, dark place that I've gone to. <laughs> it's the darkest, and, and right before we got on here, you, you had told me that you lost your softball playoff game. Well, yeah, I mean, that's actually what I'm depressed about. Forget about Jake Butler <laughs> and all the other guys <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what's bothering me but it, but no i mean it's uh uh seeing you know color going down is 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 one thing but this just continues a streak of you know pretty much injury disaster for for guys that i you know wrote a lot about yeah, really your guys in the summer yeah i mean my guys i mean other other people's guys too i mean it's not you just, own them but yeah right <laughs> Yes, I own all of them. But I mean, if we if we go just down down a down a short list here, a short a, a not so short list, uh, you have Denario Alexander, you know, gone for the year. Dennis Pitta he might come back next month, which is like the happiest thing I've heard since my kid was born. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, uh, Cutler out for a, a you know a, a month. There's no way he's going to be out a month, guys. Just so you know, I mean, it's going to be more than that. Um, Brian. Who I was so psyched about, I, and I wrote about on four four. I was like, that he could be a legit every week option. Done, you know. As soon as I as soon as I say something, uh, Bradford, who actually you know JJ and I have been recommending for streaming purposes on and off this season. Done for the year. EJ Manuel, seemingly a streamer. Done. Um, Doug Martin, who I had ranked number one overall. I was one of the. I was I was one of the uh, uh, like four, fourteen people who decided not to put Adrian Peterson uh, number one, and and Martin's done. And, you know, maybe that's best for me since he was going to finish as like RB twenty eight. <laughs> yeah, you can at least blame it on something, no? Right? Like, oh, it was the injury. What are you going to do? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, so you know, the the list goes on. I, I just I don't know who. I, I guess Alex Smith is next. I'm sorry, Alex, if if you <laughs> get. You know, get you get a concussion and you know be out for six weeks, but uh, but yeah, my guys are going down. I was actually just looking at Alex Smith though, and and he you you might want him to go down the way that he's been performing the last couple of weeks. Yeah, uh, did you what's uh, what's what's going on with his peripherals? Well, I saw I was I was just kind of looking at his uh, his fantasy production, and I mean he's had he's had tough-ish matchups, but it it definitely has not been. Uh, not been solid. I, I I was writing my start sit that'll publish tomorrow. Actually, it's the intro. Uh, it's all about Legends of the Hidden Temple, that old show on Nickelodeon. Naturally, yeah. Yeah, of course. Uh, but Alex Smith has scored just thirty three standard fantasy points over the last three weeks. Wow. Yeah, it's not been good. And he's playing Cleveland this week, who is not that. It's not that easy of a matchup. They rank number fire has them as the tenth best pass defense. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're 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 definitely. Definitely not. Uh, I think that's going to be a super, super low scoring game where, you know, with with Jason Campbell starting too. Oh. I mean, it's just going it, to it's going to be one of those games where Jamal Charles might get a touchdown or two uh, in the first first and second quarter. And then they just they just pound the rock the rest of the game. Right. Yeah. I, I, I honestly think uh, that uh, just on a quick aside, I mean, Campbell um, to me is is a huge downgrade for, for Gordon and Cameron. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Whedon stinks, but you know Whedon stinks because he has no pocket presence because he gets sacked all the time. Uh, at least he can he can get it to I think he can get it to Gordon and Cameron on a more consistent basis than Jason Campbell can. I mean, Jason maybe it's just because I live in the Washington area and I saw a lot of uh, Campbell. He's, yeah, but he that guy stinks. Right. Well, he's a, he's definitely a more conservative passer, which is probably better for the Browns, but not not nearly as good for us as fantasy owners. Yeah, I, I guess I'm just biased here because I own Gordon everywhere, so I'm just I'm thinking that his value is just going to tank from here on out. So he, so he's actually the next guy to go. Uh, oh my god! Don't even say it. Don't <laughs> even say it. I can't. I cannot deal with that. I, I, I don't know. 
I honestly would have to like move into the mountains and and, con- <laughs> and contemplate the meaning of life for the next six months. Oh, God, I always oh, I always threaten that. By the way, I always talk about. It. I I should just do it one day. I think you should. Do they have internet access in the mountains? <laughs> That's part of the point, man. <laughs> I'm gonna uh, bring books. Yes. Uh, you know, so but it's crazy. You know, we have we have Sam Bradford out now. Cutler's gonna be out for a while. So we just lost two quarterback streamers in, in oh, a way, and, and that's that's bad for 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 us in a way. Sure. Uh, and then you know, at, at tight end, we're seeing such parity at the position. It's almost like quarterback and tight end positions are are socialist or something. And it's just like it's like everyone just gets a little piece of it. And it's un-American if you ask me. It's like, so un-American the quarterbacks and tight ends. I can't believe that they're doing what they're doing. But then you you still have the one percent in Peyton Manning. Oh well well well. Yeah, let's not let's not, get, let's not get political here. Let's not. So, but but it, it's crazy. It's crazy how spread out things are, kind of at the quarterback position outside of Manning and maybe Breeze. And we've been saying this for weeks now, but I think it kindly, kindly, it finally came. It kindly is a new word, guys. Well, it it finally came to fruition this past week with the injuries, and then with with Jordan Reed's emergence, who we have been just talking he, up. Beating the drums for we've been what is it called uh, hitting the table slamming what is it called on draft day? <laughs> I have on, no I, idea. I mean, I mean, like, like in like in draft rooms, and they're like, I, I was, I was hitting the slamming the beating table. the drums. Beating. Oh man, I know. I, this tells you how much I know about the draft. I don't, I don't know anything about the draft. Well, whatever. Uh, anyway, anyway, that's why we're not draft next. We, we were we were begging people to pick up Reed for the past three weeks. We have been, yeah. I'm, do you remember the one podcast we did where I recommended him just to just to hope that he would score a touchdown? And at yeah. the very end, I I tried to reverse jinx it, and then he had that game where he just scored a touchdown late in the game. That was my that was my Jordan Reed moment of the season. I think anyone who studies fantasy football or, or analyzes it kind of kind of saw this game coming. I mean, from a mile away, Chicago was beat up. They got even more beat up in that game. Yeah. Uh, and, and Jordan Reed was wide open throughout that entire game. So I think, you know, he's he's going to turn into a more plug-and-play tight end this season. Uh, they're already shopping Fred Davis for what that's worth. I don't know if, if anyone wants a handicapped tight end. But, uh, you know, it, I, I do think that Jordan Reed is slowly moving into, you know, he's, he's like a Heath Miller guy right now. You a more athletic, uh, not 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 from not as far as how right. he plays the position, but his his just production. Production, just his production. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, although although I do I do really like how they uh, how they uh, how Washington is splitting them out near the goal line and just yeah. and just basically like okay we know nobody on your defense can cover him one on one we're just going to toss it up I mean that that's a lot of confidence they showed in him yeah. last week. Well, well, I mean, they don't they don't have anyone outside of Pierre Garcon that can consistently catch the ball. I, I mean, they've they've given guys like like Hankerson uh, plenty of opportunities, and it, and it just hasn't worked out. So, I mean, this is a this is a very good thing for for the Redskins offense uh, for RG three for I mean for even a guy like Alfred Morris if they can yeah. get a passing game going. We saw last week the the offense is slowly clicking, and I think that they're they're going to kind of. Uh, turn the corner here and become that that 2012 offense that we saw, uh, you know, last year. Yeah, uh, and and I think Jordan Reed's going to play a big part of that. Yeah, I, I would say I wrote on XN Sports today that uh, Jordan Reed is a, is still available in three quarters of yeah. fantasy leagues. That's um, messed up. And you know, maybe our listeners are in you know more de- degenerate kind of leagues where Reed was picked up a month ago. But I mean, if you're listening and and you see Reed on the waiver wire, I mean, find a way, find a way to get him. I I would say he's um, from here on out. I I wouldn't hesitate to say he's a tight end one option. I mean, he's a yeah. he's a top twelve weekly guy. I I really think uh, that you're selling yourself short if you're gonna be if you're gonna roll with like Kyle Rudolph for the rest of the year. You know? Yeah, I I totally agree with you there. Uh, so, so because of that, um, you know, when we give our tight end streaming options, you know, we're we're gonna mention Reed this week, but I think moving forward, he's gonna be kind of eliminated from that group. But I do want to say, in general, that group of quarterbacks and tight ends. If you listen to us, and we're gonna talk through these tight ends uh, and, and these quarterback and these defensive recommendations based on opposition matchups, we're 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 gonna we're 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 now going to have to kind of go with a. Okay, you're in an eight-team league. Oh, you're in a ten-team league. Oh, you're in a deep league. I mean, that's just the you know before you could kind of just 
throw them in one giant pile. But now it's just so spread out, and and each league is so unique in a way with who's available that yeah. you know looking at those those metrics and saying that he's available in seventy five percent of the of, of leagues, I understand that that's just seventy five percent, but it's it's more than that now. Right, and and I mean if. Let's not forget that Julius Thomas was a streamer, was our first. Yeah, streamer. yeah. I mean that that's that's crazy to think about. Now he's the second highest scoring tight end in fantasy, and and he started out as a streamer. So sometimes this happens. Sometimes you kind of you know uh, uh, strike it rich with a with a streamer. I think that's what you can do with Reed. Yeah, that's all part of the strategy too. I mean, yeah. we don't we don't draft tight ends and quarterbacks late because we we want to stream the, the entire season. We're picking yeah. upside players that can become plug and play yeah. guys. Yeah, it's great when you can when you can get a plug and play guy. It's 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 fantastic to have that kind of security instead of having to scramble every week. You know, no, no one want, we don't want to scramble, but I mean, we're here for you if you are, but you know, right. we don't it's not our goal. Yeah, I mean, I realistically, you could have had. I mean, let's say Cutler didn't get hurt. You could have Jay Cutler and Julius Thomas, and you are, yeah. you're, you're great. You're in great shape. <laughs> Cutler was a great QB one. Uh, uh, sorry, I'm making Denny cry. I'm, I'm seeing him on the Skype machine, and he's shedding tears. I'm literally about to vomit. <laughs> All right, well, let's get into our, uh, our streamers this week. Uh, oh wow, in our agenda, I have streaming plays for week three, but that's not week three. It's week eight. <laughs> So, Denny, why don't you give us some of your defenses this week? Sure. Uh, uh, on the fake football, uh, I wrote about two defenses um, that caught my attention for this week. Um, I do want to just mention uh, here uh, the the Panthers who who play tomorrow against the Bucks. Um, I, I have them ranked tenth. Uh, no, I have actually I have them higher than that. Um, but I didn't write about them because I thought that they were kind of an obvious play and a lot of people will own them from last week um when they played the rams and people smartly played use the use carolina i have them ranked sixth so uh you know you can't do much better than that um so roll with them if you if you have one left over from last week um two i just want to talk about briefly the saints are at home against uh thad lewis and the bills yes and uh you know the the Bills have not been you know you know uh, the Bills offense has not been a, a turnover machine since Lewis took over um, a couple weeks ago. They but they have allowed uh, seven points to opposing defenses in back to back games in both games that Lewis has started. You know that that's not that's not nothing. And uh, I think that at home, uh, coming off a of bye week, uh, with uh, with a, a couple starters, uh, you know, getting healthy over that bye week, I think that Saints defense is. I have them ranked third uh, this week uh, uh, against the Bills, and I can't really imagine a a, a better streaming situation right now. Um, they actually were incredibly uh, incredibly good against the Patriots until that last drive, yeah. right, when Tom Brady marched down. Um, uh, they've actually turned up um, their their blitzing over the last couple weeks. They blitzed Brady 18 times. They sacked him five times. Uh, you know they 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 shut him down. Uh, they, they held him to 199 yards, no touchdowns, and an interception before that game-winning drive. So I, I really think that against Lewis and the Bills uh, coming into uh, you know into New Orleans, I I think that uh, it could get ugly. Um, and I think that. The I have them ranked so high because I think the Saints are a huge upside play. Yeah, and well, not only that, but you know, we talk about the Saints this year, and it's not the same Saints defense that was like Rob Ryan is yeah. is yeah. legitimately, I mean, a coach of the year, if you will, right. uh, candidate. I mean, he's he's done an unbelievable job yeah. uh, for New Orleans, and it's not as though they've they've played horrible competition. Uh, you know, they're top five even against. Uh, or when when strength of opponent is is in consideration according to some of the number fire metrics. So right. I mean they're they're a legitimate legitimate defense and against a team like Buffalo against a guy like Thad Lewis you can't get much better than that. Right. I mean it's it's um it's unfortunate in, in a way that they're they they've gotten so much better over the course of the last year because I mean how easy was it just to to roll out your offensive players against the Saints last year? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It was it was so much fun to be like to to know that you were guaranteed a certain amount of production against one of the worst 
defenses that we'll ever see you know yeah yeah but this this year this year they're legit they they forced 12 turnovers in six games um i i just i love the saints this week i'm playing them in a lot of leagues um and then the second defense and this is uh obvious after the monday night debacle which i think set football back what 55 years or so yeah yeah um, and uh, actually, uh, you guys should check it out. Uh, JJ wrote a great piece on just how bad Josh. Freeman oh my God, it was so bad on number fire. He, he really quantified exactly how bad he 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 played it because it, it's easy to say, oh, you know, oh, he threw fifty passes, he completed what, how many twenty three? Well, yeah, highlights highlights of the piece. It, it's it's you know he went twenty of fifty three, right? Yeah. And there have been four hundred and thirty eight fifty plus attempt quarterback games in the history of the NFL. Josh Freeman's completion percentage out of all 438 of those games was fourth worst out of ever, ever. And, and the, the only one, the only one, two of the guys did it in the sixties. And then Eli did it in 2007, which is slightly ironic because that's who Freeman yeah. was playing. And he, he played like garbage too. Yeah. He played like garbage as well. And, and, but you know, and then, and then Freeman from a, an expected point standpoint, which is what, what we work with at number fire, which is, Essentially saying, you know, if you if you take a, a quarterback uh, who has a zero expected points value, meaning he's not really doing anything for his team, whether it be positive or, ne- or, or negative, and you replace him with a guy like Freeman, that the 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 game, the the Vikings team would have had a twenty point swing in their favor, meaning Freeman uh, effectively lost twenty points for the Vikings in that one game. In other words, the Vikings should have won that game if Freeman was just average. That's how right. bad he was. Um, I and and I honestly, uh, I thought it was unfortunate from from our standpoint because um, I thought that Freeman might might develop into a solid streaming option. Yeah. Uh, obviously, that's not. I mean, he has a concussion. He's probably not going to play this week. Ponder's back in the saddle. So uh, my second op, my second recommendation, uh, the Packers defense. Um, even though they're going on the road, I just don't think it really matters all that much. No, um, they have a lot of obviously a lot of turnover potential. I think anybody who plays the Vikings right now does. I have them ranked fifth um, this week, uh, and um, I think a lot of people do. You know, I mean, yeah. I'm not I'm not alone here. Um, but uh, you know, we saw Adrian Peterson is just is, is just facing constant eight man, nine man fronts, and um, you know, not not even he can can produce you know consistently uh against those he you know he could he's the guy he's the kind of guy who could always break one um but i don't think that that should strike any fear into anybody rolling uh you know with with the packers this week um so that, those are my two and the packers are available in 30 percent of leagues so I, I i bet you that whoever you have going this week is not a top five option so take a look yeah. at the packers yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I tried to snag them in a few leagues and unfortunately was unable to. But, um, yeah, I mean, they, they're actually playing better defense too, which they is are. a good they sign. They are. I meant to mention their their points uh, given up per game. They, they allowed 27.3 points uh, per game in the first three weeks of the season. And um, despite all the injuries uh, on, on the defensive front, uh, they've given up just 13 points per game over the last three, and yeah. their competition has not exactly been great over that over that span. But the Vikings aren't great either, so I, right, right, exactly. I mean, just expect that to continue. Uh, yeah, exactly. Right. So I, I understand that the the argument might be, oh, well, they played the Browns and they uh, uh, some other garbage team, but um, you know they they're they're playing they're playing the worst, the most dysfunctional offense in the league right now. Yeah. Yeah, uh, let's just let's just roll with them. Yeah, another thing. I mean, while we're talking about the Vikings, I've I've gotten a ton of Adrian Peterson questions today and, and yesterday, um, and kind of what to do with him. You know, I think I think personally, you're in a position where it's probably not the best idea to trade him now after having two straight weeks of of not not a whole lot of uh, of production. Uh, and I, I think that we have to remember what Adrian Peterson did last year, which was which is start the season off. Not poorly, but but Adrian Peterson yardage wise is actually ahead of what he did last year at this point in the season. So, you know, don't don't give up on AP yet. Just just think that you know this could be additional motivation for a guy who runs like he's running away from from a bull every time he <laughs> touches the ball. 
Well, what did uh, what did Bruce Arians say? Uh, he doesn't like his guys to stretch before practices and games because you don't stretch before you run with run away from someone with a gun. Yeah. Well, that's why Bruce Arians' team sucks this year. They, they do. Yeah. Jeez. So that's anyway. that's one that's one of the things that I did did call correctly this season. One yeah. Of the few. Yeah. No, you you were all over that. Yeah. Um. Well, actually, that's a good transition because my first quarterback streamer is none other than than Bruce Arians' child, Carson Palmer. <laughs> he birthed him. I thought I thought Palmer was older than Arians, no? Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Palmer is 63 and Arians is only 54. Right, I mean, I figured that, you know, uh, God, that guy looks so bad, but I agree with you here. Yeah, well, so Palmer's, Palmer's owned in just 8.6% of leagues for, for a very good reason. I was just writing about him as well uh, for my for my start-sit column because he's a sneaky play this week. Uh, but uh, he's owned in, in just 8.6% of leagues, and he's yet to score uh, more than a little over 17 standard fantasy points uh, this season, and he has thrown more touchdowns than interceptions in zero games since week one. I mean, he's been... He's been an absolute disaster in terms of fantasy production. Uh, he's he's the twenty seventh best quarterback uh, in the league, and and so you're you're listening to this and you might be like, why why in in the hell would I start Carson Palmer? Uh, well, it's because he's playing Atlanta. Uh, they're they're the worst defense uh, metrics wise in the league, um, and and they've allowed at least two passing touchdowns in every single game this year, and they've faced guys like Ryan Tannehill. Can't believe I'm putting Tom Brady in this group, but Tom Brady, who hasn't performed well, he hasn't had a three touchdown game this year, I believe. No. Uh, Geno Smith and Mike Glennon. So, and they've given up at least two touchdowns to each of those guys. Um, so, I mean, it, it, you know, it, it's a play that you're not really going to enjoy much, but I think it's a play that that will end up uh, giving you giving you decent production, maybe 15 or 16 points uh, out of Palmer. Yeah, don't don't watch the game. If you're starting, yeah, that's just gonna, that's you're gonna get so frustrated. Yeah, don't watch it. Just, listen, just look at the box score. Look, look at look at his you know three three hundred and ten yards and two touchdowns and just and just smile at the end and because it's picks. gonna be ugly. Yeah, I mean he's bound to throw throw an interception or two. Like I said, I mean it's it's astounding. He is he is he has not thrown more touchdowns and interceptions in any game since week one. That is just that's mind blowing. He looks horrible. He just he does. Looks he looks he looks terrible, uh, and and it's affecting the rest of the team too. Although Fitzgerald is probably a pretty good play this week, they've given up also at least one receiving touchdown from a, to a receiver in every game. So, yeah. um, you know, obviously Fitz is the best best weapon there. So. Yeah. Also, just just a side note. Uh, it looks like Rob Hausler is finally, finally back from that yeah. ankle injury, and he's taking on that Brandon Myers garbage time role role yeah. from last year. It's true. Oh, voice crack, man. I'm 13 years old. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, the uh, so last last week against Seattle, I think what he caught like five, five, six passes. I think it was up to almost seven. Seven, yeah. So he so like six point three four. It was six. Yeah, exactly. So. He, uh, you know, he's absorbing that 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 role. And by the way, he's a lot better than Brandon Myers, just athletically, yeah, skill right. wise. Right. So he might he might actually be an option going forward. Yeah, it'll be interesting. And the thing with the the problem with with a Bruce Arians offense is that uh, is that he doesn't utilize the tight end as much as we would want him to. But again, it could be just that garbage time role, kind of a process of elimination situation where. You know, some of those receivers aren't necessarily doing what we thought they would do, but a lot of that has to do, obviously, with their offensive line and their running game or lack thereof. Why Andre Ellington isn't getting more touches, I mean, that's that's beyond me. I don't think anyone can comprehend that, other than the fact that Bruce Arians has some strange relationship with with, with Richard Mendenhall. But, uh, uh, I, think, I think once you commit to a guy like he does, you, you don't want to look, you know, some coaches just don't want to look he, dumb. You know, one thing that I did point out uh, at the beginning of the season that I found uh, in looking at Bruce Arians' track record is that he is not afraid to to just give a single guy the rock. Often, he had yeah. he had a lot of two hundred plus rushers, um, and and so this doesn't necessarily surprise me. But what does surprise me is is the fact that um, you know it's so ineffective that he's he's just not doing anything about it. Um, yeah, Ellington is, is Ellington's averaging an absurd amount of points per touch. Yeah, 
right now. I just don't understand why he's um yeah, I'm with you. I don't understand. Yeah, I, I don't I don't get it at all. He's a very, very efficient number according to some of the number fire metrics as well. Um so the second guy I have is uh it, it pains me to say this. There's there's a lot of guys. I I didn't mention Terrell Pryor this week because hopefully you've been listening every single week to us because we mentioned Terrell Pryor every single week. He plays he plays against Pittsburgh and the Steelers rank third in fantasy points uh, in terms of giving up fantasy points uh, to to opposing quarterbacks. But don't let that fool you. Their strength of schedule has not been very strong in terms of facing good uh, quarterbacks. Uh, they actually, when you adjust for strength of schedule, they rank twenty third in pass efficiency. So. They're not that good in the secondary, uh, you know. So Terrell Pryor uh, is is certainly a, a, still a decent play, and and I just want to throw it out there that I think Rod Streeter is a decent a decent sleeper this this week because the Steelers do typically take out the the top receiving weapon as we saw with Torrey Smith last week and Brandon Marshall earlier this year and AJ Green. Uh, yeah. So Rod Streeter is a very interesting play if you are in a deeper league. But that's that's the Pryor thing. He's still a good starter. Start him if you have him. That's fine. Uh, but I'm going to get a little bit deeper. I'm going to go with Eli Manning as a second one. Uh, I mean, you're not going to feel good about him given the way that he played, like we said, against Minnesota uh, in that juicy matchup. But, um, you know, when Eli played against the Eagles earlier this season, he posted his second-best season QB numbers, which isn't saying much. It was only a little over 15 points. Uh, but he did he did have 334 yards passing and, and two passing touchdowns. Um, and, and, you know, the Phillies, Phillies defense is Phillies defense. He's going to have to keep up. The reason Eli didn't have more points that, that game was because, uh, he turned the ball over, I think three times, which is very Eli like, Mm. but, um, you know, I think that he's, he's a decent play this week. I wouldn't necessarily play him in, in daily, just given a guy like Carson Palmer. I think Carson Palmer is still a better option and he would be cheaper, I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, but, but Eli's still probably in that 15 point range, uh, from a quarterback standpoint. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't. I think at this point, Eli is what Eli is as far as fantasy goes. You know, you would think that a guy like that could be, you know, like in, like in week one against Dallas, he was a garbage time hero. Uh, you know, right, right. four hundred yards, what three touchdowns or four? Yeah, that was his best game easily from a fantasy standpoint. Right. So it looked it looked like it was shaping up where where you know he might be just a you know just a total garbage time uh you know godsend for fantasy owners but it really has not shaped up like that and um yeah so i'm i'm with you i'm i'm hesitant to to say uh you know that that he's going to shred anybody i just don't think i don't think that's in the cards but right. you know the the eagles run defense has actually been um pretty good which means that you know they're not going to even even if tom coughlin desperately wants to to lean on one of his um you know garbage heat bruisers <laughs> like um you know like like hillis or freaking jacobs uh he won't he won't be able freaking to jacobs. against against that front so um you know you might see eli throw it more often uh which he, you know he's gonna throw a pick or two or three that's just gonna happen but uh you know tony romo basically just fell out of bed against the eagles last week and threw for 300 yards yeah so I do like I do like his I, I guess I like his fantasy floor in right. that game. Right. I mean I think I, I again I, one thing that like I was saying earlier in the podcast one thing that we're seeing is that quarterback scoring is very very even right now. Uh, we saw it last week. The quarterback scoring last week was really low. I didn't run numbers like totals or anything and compare it to anything, but the quarterback numbers were just incredibly low given all those juicy matchups that were out there it was really surprising to see that yeah yeah it, it really was you're right I, I didn't run into any kind of quarterback buzz saws in any of my leagues right yeah it was it was just bizarre because even a guy like tony romo uh you know he didn't he didn't do a ton with his matchup I th- you know he, he only had the one touchdown right to terrence williams yeah i think he was qb 22 or something yeah i mean it, it was it it's just an eli against minnesota it, it's just Sad. Chad Henney even had a good matchup, and he didn't do anything with it. Oh man, you know Henney. Henney's such a freaking disappointment with with the garbage he is. Kind of stuff. He right? is. He is. Because, but but in the end, it's kind of strange. In the end, because I played him and I've used him in daily leagues a lot this year. Yeah. And and I used him last week, and he still put up like thirteen fantasy points, which yeah. which when you do a cost benefit, it's really not that bad. But he got. I mean, he he could have easily had a couple touchdowns in that game. That, that right. was disappointing. 
I, I mean, how do you not like accidentally throw a touchdown on? <laughs> yeah, it's insane. Like the guy. Okay, the guy. The guy gets his three hundred yards pretty easily because right. he's going to throw for a lot of the second half. And okay, that's that's all well and good. But unless you're in a a, a heavy yardage league, he really he really doesn't deliver. I, I, right. I I I loved him a lot more last year, where you know he would he would post three hundred, but he would also post three touchdowns. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of awesome. Mm. Oh man! All right. Well, my my third guy is Geno Smith. Uh, he's playing against Cincinnati this week, and Cincinnati is now Leon Hollis, which is not good. Their stud corners down with a torn Achilles. Um, and, and I actually noticed Geno Smith is a little Vincent Jackson esque. Every other game he does well, and unfortunately. Unfortunately, though, this is a game where he would be doing poorly. Uh, but the Bengals have given up uh, double-digit points to opposing quarterbacks every week since week four. Uh, and those numbers uh, outside – sorry, I should I should preface that. Outside of the Brady Monsoon, uh, which was that 5.9 performance in the pouring down rain here in Cincinnati. 5.9. Oh, that was, that was sickening. Uh, but – because I had I had Amendola in a league and I'm sitting here and I can I'm I'm because I'm like a mile away from Paul Brown so I'm sitting here and I'm looking out the window and it just starts pouring down rain oh. and I'm like all right this is done this is over <laughs> uh, but but they've given up 19.5 points and then uh, last week they gave up 26.3 to Stafford and the week before that Thad Lewis got 22.3 against them mm-hmm. uh, so I, I think Geno Smith is a is a decent decent play this week. I mean, none of these guys are jumping off uh, in terms of crazy upside. I'd say the crazy upside would be Terrell Pryor because of his running ability. But I think that each of these guys, even a Geno Smith, I guess Geno Smith might have more upside than Eli and, and Palmer, but he also has a much lower floor. I agree. I agree with that. And uh, I, I will say something about Geno Smith. Um, I guess at West Virginia, he really wasn't any kind of running, scrambling quarterback. Right more of a pocket passer but and and so that you know that was my understanding of him i'm not big on 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 college so uh but at times when he leaves the pocket i you know he looks like a legitimate uh uh, running quarterback that 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 juke that he that he made to get into the end zone against Mm -hmm. new england last week i mean he he made someone actually like roll their ankles uh with 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 a with a head fake he put on him I, i don't i don't get that 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 sort of uh, reputation as just a, like a pure pocket passer. I think he's a legit runner. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think Geno Smith puts up nearly as good of passing numbers last week if Akib Talib played. But no, I, you know, uh, of, I mean, of course, because Talib's probably been the best corner in the league so far this season. But you know, his his running ability is there, which gives him uh, that cushion, that yeah. Konami code, as as a uh, our buddy Rich Rebar likes to say. But and by the way, that that that's working for Pryor. I mean, that that's oh yeah, it's totally working. Pryor Pryor's been unbelievable this season in terms. Yeah. And the thing that sucks is that he was hurt, and then they had his bye. It feels like Terrell Pryor hasn't had like back to back weeks. I don't think he has had back to back weeks of playing football in a while. Right. So it's it's been very very. I actually no, he did, but one of them was against the Chiefs. Mm. So it's like. Mm. It's like we haven't seen Pryor yet. So I'm really excited to see what happens the second half of the season. And I I am saying it now. I think that he's a guy that you need a roster to make that that playoff run because he's especially with the injuries of the quarterbacks to to a guy like Cutler and Bradford. Um, it's Pryor and then my buddy, my my boy, man. I've been I've been all over Jake Locker this week. Mm-hmm. It is he's he's been incredible. That I, I looked outside of that week one performance against Pittsburgh. If you take if you take away his zeros from not playing, because you know how websites will will average that out and say that's part of his, his fantasy totals. Yeah. If you take out the week one game from Pittsburgh and the games that he missed uh, with his injury, so we have a four-game sample. I know that it's small. His average in those four games would put him as the third-best fantasy quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, that's amazing, isn't it? It's, a, it's incredible. It's incredible. And and he, he too, is a guy that can run the football. I mean, he, he, has, he has good legs. He'll get you. It's kind of Alex Smith-esque, a little bit more athletic than Alex Smith. Mm-hmm. Where you're getting, but he's he's probably better than Alex Smith. Where you're getting, sorry, that was a little zing, but yeah. Alex Smith. <laughs> but, <here. laughs> but you're getting you're getting uh, thirty yards from him potentially, uh, which is you know three points. It's that's a turnover and a half. Um, yeah, so don't, don't sneeze at it, guys. Don't sneeze yeah, at it. 
Do not sneeze at that. So Jake Lockers, and they have a really, really nice schedule, just like you know, have we been saying that with Chris Johnson for a while. Uh, Tennessee's got an easy schedule coming up. Yeah, I was just telling JJ before the podcast how I own I own Chris Johnson and David Wilson in a couple leagues, and like together, <laughs> like they're friends. Like yeah, like buddies that that were like, hey, we'll play on your team together, and I was like, okay. <laughs> And now I'm like, get off my team! You're ruining my life. It's like when the parents, when when their parent their parents got together and told the coach that they needed to play together because the parents were friends. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And 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 thanks, parents, because you're just yeah. you you actually yeah. killing killing my soul this year. The Johnson and Wilsons. <laughs> they used Maybe. to go on vacation. They they went on vacations together. Right. They uh they and they're ruining they're ruining my life. So thank you, Johnson and Wilsons from the neighborhood. <laughs> Oh man! All right. Well, that's that's Eli, Carson Palmer, Geno Smith. Let's get into tight ends. Uh, yeah. We we touched on. So actually, I'll, I'll say this earlier today. Uh, Denny and I always communicate and say who we're gonna mention on the in the tight end section uh, because we both kind of share who we would be streaming. And I hadn't read Denny's tight end streaming article, and I chose the exact same tight ends that he did. So we'll kind of split this up a little bit. Uh, do you want to you want to talk about yeah. one of your one of the guys? Yes, yes, the secret guy. Don't mention his name. Okay. Um, uh, well, I, okay. Obviously, Reed, guys. Yeah, right. That's 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 the preferred option. Uh, and um, my my pick, and I mentioned this on Excellent Sports today, uh, would be uh, Joseph Fourier. It is Fourier, right? Not Fourier. Yeah, it's Fourier. Christian Fourier. Fourier's nephew. Is that true? He'll, yeah, yeah, it's his nephew. Oh. I always re- I always refer to him as Christian Fourier's nephew when I write about him. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, well, uh, he, you know, he he is he's going to be hit or miss, I think, for a while uh, un- until and unless he absorbs a bigger role in that offense. Um, but he was um, he was targeted four times last week, and uh, I know that that's not a lot, but. Uh, two of them were in the end zone, and one of them was really close to being a, a twenty or twenty-five yard touchdown. So, you know, he was he was that close again. Um, obviously, Stafford trusts him trust trust him to just go up over smaller defenders because most humans to ever live on the planet are smaller than Fourier. Uh, so, uh, right now, actually, uh, this is kind of a comical stat, um, and it's and it'll obviously deflate over time. But right now, um, Fourier's fantasy points per route run is 0.78. Wow. So every time he runs a route, he scores wow. more than three three fourths of fantasy points. <laughs> so it's like it's unsustainable, but amazing. So I thought I'd mention that. But uh, Scheffler, uh, Tony Scheffler, was finally mercifully cut from the Lions this week. Yeah. Uh, I I honestly like. Because I owned Stafford in a lot of leagues last year, sadly enough for me, uh, I watched a lot of Lions football last year. I, I'm I'm honestly not sure if I if I've seen a worse pass catch tight end than Scheffler. Yeah, uh, uh, I, honestly, the other one would probably be Brandon Pettigrew, which yeah. is funny. Yeah, yeah, I mean he's so bad. So so thankfully, uh, you know, um, fantasy football playing baby Jesus. Uh, <laughs> Uh, delivered on on that promise and and Scheffler's gone, and that that's that's partly because of Fourier's emergence. Uh, right. So I don't see him getting you know more than like four, five, six targets a game. But they're such high value targets uh, that I, I don't think you can ignore that. Um, I have him as a top fifteen play this week uh, against the Cowboys. Um, the the Cowboys are not um, you know not horrible by any means against tight ends. Uh, so this is not really um, this is it is not entirely a matchup based scenario. Uh, they have given up the fourth most fantasy uh, uh, points to tight ends, um, partly because they've given up two huge games to tight ends, including including Julius Thomas a couple a few weeks ago. Uh, but uh, I, I do see Fourier as as a real waiver wire option and and someone who you should keep around because I think his role could definitely grow in, in Detroit. Yeah, I like I like Fourier as. As I said, because I agreed completely with you uh, after <laughs> I noticed your streaming article. Yeah, I definitely gave you the otter face uh, uh, after you uh, mentioned those three. You know, the, yes. 
<laughs> the, the the squinty eye face. It was it was it was as if I completely just just stole them. <laughs> I stole hey. them from you. All right, you jerk. But it is crazy because my the other guy that I have or that that we had, I should say, actually that you had that I stole. Uh, right, no one else can have him. <laughs> no one, no one else can have him. Is Tyler Eifert? Uh, he's been better than Gresham, I would say. I mean, he's definitely more athletic than Gresham. Gresham was that lower floored guy, but that's kind of tailed off a little bit. Um, and and Eifert's owned in just seven point six percent of of ESPN.com leagues, which is great. And I will say the tights, er, the tights, the tights. <laughs> what kind of show? <laughs> The tights. It's not the Jets anymore. It's the tights. Uh, the Jets against tight ends uh, since week two, where they had, or since week two. So the first two weeks of the season, they allowed one tight end reception against Tampa Bay and New England. I don't know if you guys remember that. But since that game, they've given up 16.4, 8.9, 23.2, 11.4, and 15.4 half point PPR points mm-hmm. to tight ends. And they were playing against Tony Gonzalez. Keith Miller, Gronkowski, but they also were playing against Delaney Walker and Scott Chandler. Right. So, you know, I think that, that there's a lot of opportunity for Tyler Eifert this week um, with, with, with Cincinnati. Uh, and I, I do think that that game could be a little bit more higher scoring than, than we think because of the way this, the, the Bengals secondary is beat up and because of the way the Jets offense is kind of looking a little bit better, especially with Chris Ivory coming out of nowhere last yeah. week. What the heck was that all about? I, I don't know. That that I mean I I own Bilal Powell in a lot of leagues and that kind of screwed me. Ugh, that's that's yeah that's unfortunate. I, I I actually stuck up for Powell for the first time last week, <laughs> and then I realized he was you know he was the water boy for the Jets uh, the against against the Patriots. Um, one thing about Eifert um, uh, is that he's he's only he's running uh, twenty point four pass routes a game, which is really not a lot at all. Uh, in fact, Gresham. Is for some reason running 28, 28 routes a game. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, until that until that flips around where you know Eifert becomes the primary uh, route running tight end, um, I don't think that you can expect consistent um, production. But I think that you're right, JJ, in saying that um, even though this doesn't look like a great matchup, it actually kind of is. Yeah, because. You know, you mentioned the Tampa Bay and, and New England games that you know the Jets played early in the season, but you know if you look closer, and I know you know this, the you know Tampa um, didn't you know didn't have any sort of uh, you know t- tight end production you know uh, in their offensive uh, attack, and New England I think actually like hardly completed a pass to tight ends before Gronkowski yeah. came back. Yeah, yeah, it was there was a Sudfeld week. I mean, well, actually, it was the second week of the season, but it was yeah. when it was when you know people yeah. saw the the goose egg from Sudfeld against the Bills, and then he didn't do anything in week two either. Right. I mean, there was some stat where it was like after Brady completed four passes to Gronkowski, that was the most of any New England tight end for the season. Yeah. Right. Uh, so anyway, so if you if you if you apply some context to the situation, you see that. A, a, a mediocre matchup actually looks like a good one for Eifert here. Yeah, and I actually I wrote uh, I do that that uh, X number of facts to know for or through week seven or through you know that kind of thing. I I did that today, and I really wanted to pinpoint uh, you know looking at fantasy points uh, allowed and and not drawing conclusions from that. It's very important to not just draw conclusions from it, which we're we're seeing with the Jets because I think that they still rank decently against tight ends, mm-hmm. uh, but that's only because of those first two weeks of the season. But one thing that I, that was, I, I wrote about in the article, but it, it you know, I, I made the mistake of not looking at our, our advanced metrics uh, with Nick Foles last week. And I know hindsight's twenty twenty, but going into the game, Dallas had given up more fantasy points to quarterbacks than any other team in the league. And so obviously Nick Foles is a great play, but I looked at our, our advanced metrics that, uh, will adjust for strength of schedule, and they actually ranked uh, in the top ten in, uh, as a pass defense. Yeah, and, and and like it was it was sitting there for me, and I still recommended Nick Foles. I still had Nick Foles on three of my many uh, daily yeah. daily squads, and and it screwed me. So never again. Right, 
No, I, those 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 schedule adjusted metrics are really important. Yeah, um, they're huge. I, I mean, the the raw numbers are helpful in in, in some ways, but really. Uh, I would, you know, like you just did, I would really caution against just looking at raw numbers and saying, bam, oh, okay, yeah. this is great. Um, and, um, yeah, so that's 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 I, actually really, really important, especially after you get, after, you know, we're in that time of year where now we have, um, you know, quite a bit of data to sift through. Right. Um, you know, this is not, you know, September 12th anymore. I mean, you know, we, this is not two weeks into the season. We actually have a lot of data to sift through and to say and to say hey you know what uh this looks great but uh i'm gonna hedge because you know when you adjust it for schedule it's it, it actually looks horrendous yeah and and that's denny's belt just fell off by the way that was, it was a- my it was my wedding ring i'm sorry, sorry honey. <laughs> uh but but yeah i mean th- that's the thing i think the one the one position where you where it's so difficult to to look at at uh, some metrics is, is tight end, and that's why we do reference how many points uh, teams have given up to tight ends because that the, the the tight end position and the way that you cover it can change so drastically from game to game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but when it comes to passing metrics and 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 adjusting it for that, that's kind of that's that's pretty straightforward uh, when when it comes to analyzing that and seeing how good or bad a pass defense is. Is there anybody? Uh, are there any defenses? Um, according to those adjusted metrics that, that, you know, that look maybe better, um, better than they actually are. Um, I would, well, I mean, I, I'll say that someone like, you know, Atlanta ranks last. They're, they're the worst defense, uh, in total in the entire league. Um, let me sort it really quick and I can, yeah. Um, you know, Atlanta's Atlanta's second to last against the pass Denver or sorry, last against the pass Denver's second to last. St. Louis is third to last, Philly fourth to last, Minnesota. So a lot of those kind of line up directly with the way they've been performing from a fantasy standpoint. Um, Dallas, though, now is fourth against the pass. Uh, you know, someone like, you know, the, the Jets now are uh, seventh. The The Ravens are ninth. The, the Browns, like I said earlier, are tenth. Buffalo, Buffalo is actually 11th when, when you – factor in strength of schedule. The reason why you recommend against Buffalo now is because they're a little bit hurt and they haven't been performing very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but there are, you know, that sh- just goes to show. And like I said, with the Steelers, uh, in, in terms of on a per play basis, they rank 23rd, but in terms of uh, kind of, if you, if you factor in all the attempts that have gone against them, they rank 18th because uh, there, there haven't been as many attempts, uh, passing attempts necessarily against them because They've been down in so many games, and so teams just decide to run the ball. But but it just goes to show, um, and a lot of these defensive metrics you can find in the power rankings at numberfire.com, but it just goes to show that you know you can't just draw conclusions by looking at uh, how, how a guy performed from a fantasy perspective against a team because not only is, is rushing involved, uh, which, which you don't really look at often and isn't, isn't as predictive from like a quarterback standpoint, Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, from week to week, but but there 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 are fluky things that can happen, and there are injuries that can happen, and there are there are many many uh, different in- things that can happen uh, that that alter that score and kind of skew it. Yeah, and and like, like I said, the raw points can steer you wrong. Uh, the raw points can steer you wrong. Yes, that's what I meant. <laughs> yeah, I, it's it's totally true, and and that's that's one thing that I'm gonna really. Uh, Try to try to look look at more, uh, you know, as I as I move forward. Because, like you said, the more data you have, the more accurate this is going to be. Yeah. Uh, so, for instance, Tampa Bay uh, against the run, from a fantasy points perspective, I think they've been fairly middle of the road because they give up a lot of receptions. Yeah. Uh, but from a pure rushing perspective, they haven't given up a touchdown yet this year, and they rank second against uh, in in terms of rush defense. Clearly now it's a Thursday night game, so D'Angelo Williams will get like 18 touchdowns and get his first score of the, of the season. But uh, yeah. you know it's just instances like that. Uh, Arizona ranks fifth against the run. The Giants rank sixth hmm. uh, against the run, given strength of schedule. Given they've played uh, Adrian Peterson now, they've played Lashawn McCoy. I mean, they played Demarco Murray. They're you know you're 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 seeing now how these. Uh, these teams actually match up against their their opposition, right? And and I and I would say you know because um, I don't think 
it's it's uh, immediately obvious what adjusted points mean. Basically, it's like you know with the Cowboys uh, pass defense situation, um, they were you know t- roasted on a spit by Peyton Manning, but right. it's Peyton Manning, right? You know, and Philip Rivers too. And Phil Rivers. So so it's not it's not like they they gave up thirty fantasy points you know to um, uh, to you know F- Fitzpatrick. You know I mean right. Um, so that that doesn't. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, JJ, but that doesn't count against them in the same way that it would if if a mediocre or bad quarterback just killed them. Right, right, exactly. I mean, it's it's a it's a statistic that you know if Peyton Manning crushes you, that's not gonna you know let's say Peyton Manning puts up 300 yards and four touchdowns against you, and Ryan Tannehill puts up 300 yards and four touchdowns against you. Mm-hmm. Ryan Tannehill's score is gonna ding you a lot more than Peyton Manning's will. Peyton Manning's will still do something because it's probably, it depends on if he as a player performed above or below average that week, below his average, that'll show how well above or below average that secondary is. Uh, But, but you know, if you're getting torched by, by bad quarterbacks, like, you know, the Steelers, I I mean, I'm going to go back to the Steelers because obviously I watch them every week and I know them very well, but their, their opponents this season have not been strong passers at all. But one of the main reasons I bet that they're ranked low is because they got torched by Matt Castle, yep. who who isn't that good of a quarterback. So that's, you know, obviously a game or two can skew that. But at the same time, go look back at who the Steelers have played, and, and it's it's no one good. There's right. just no one. And it works the other way, too. You know, if you shut down, you know, Chad Henney and right. Joe Flacco, um, it's not going to um, you know, boost you in that, in those adjusted rankings nearly as much as, as shutting down, you know, like, you know, Romo and RG3, you know. Yeah. And oftentimes you're going to see a very strong correlation between how well they do uh, against fantasy positions mm-hmm. and how they rank uh, in terms of passing or rush defense. Mm-hmm. But then but then you get the instances like Dallas where they had a really, really tough schedule in terms of opposing quarterbacks to start the season. And, and obviously, you know, things can change as quarterbacks evolve uh, throughout a season. So, you know, at the time when Phillip Rivers destroyed Dallas – we didn't necessarily know or think that that offense was going to be as potent as it's, as it's become or as good as it's, it's become. Yeah. Uh, so as Phillip Rivers gets better, that just helps Dallas. Uh, you know, it's kind of like a BCS system in a way with the computers and how if your opponent starts to play better, then you as a, as a team will look a little bit better. Right. And I, I will say just, just I know we're going, uh, we're, we're going a little long on the adjusted points thing, but I, I, I think it's an important discussion, and and I will say that it, it's it's helped me a lot over the past two seasons with um with kickers, and I know that sounds funny because kickers is like you know just a roll of the dice, you never know. But um, it, I I decided to to try it in the middle of last season just to say, okay, I'm going to look at who which teams are giving up the the most adjusted fantasy points to kickers, and I'm going to go purely on that because. My other strategies for kickers were not working. I mean, we've all been through that. Trying yeah, mine, to... mine is mine is nothing. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah, yeah. You just you just don't you know you don't know. I mean, it's it's infuriating at times. So I did that, and I'm not saying that it works every week, but man, it really has. Um, it has paid off. Uh, I'll just just one example that comes to mind. Early this season, Detroit. Uh, was the was by far the worst um, against you know a, a adjusted points given up to kickers. So I I went with Robbie Gold um, when Chicago went to Detroit and he ended up with like sixteen or seventeen fantasy points. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I, I think that if you're looking for any justification to 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 drop a kicker and to pick up a new one, then adjusted points are 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 as, is as good as it gets for me. Yeah, and and obviously, you know, if if you're listening to this and you're like, where the hell am I going to get adjusted points? Uh, that that kind of those kind of numbers from, uh, I, you know, at Numberfire, if you again, if you go to, uh, the the team rankings page, you can sort by offense and defense, and and that that is adjusted the way that they're ranked by offense and defense is adjusted, so you can see from a high level how they are. But if you're curious about a certain team. Uh, like Dallas and how they're kind of transforming and moving throughout the season. Just shoot me a tweet and I can I can give you the number. Yeah, yeah, it's really helpful. Yeah. All right. Uh, and the other another guy that I just want to throw out there is to just keep an eye out on Ben Ben Watson, in, in case Jimmy Graham can't go. I know that this was just kind of I just threw that out of nowhere because it seems like we moved on from tight end streaming. But 
I had that note in my agenda. Yeah, no, I, I do. I think that he's he's worth a look. Uh, I still would prefer like you know Fourier. Um, yeah, me too. Me too. Uh, over him, but uh, you know, if you're in you know like a 14 team league and you have Graham and he and he sits, then uh, yeah, I mean just 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 plug in uh, plug in Watson, see what happens. Yeah. Also, if Graham sits, I I think regardless if Graham sits or not, Marcus Colston should have a good game this week. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, he's clearly going to be the beneficiary and. I know that he's posted back to back just horrendous games, fantasy outputs, but yeah. um, you know, I, I'd stay patient on him. Yeah, you got to. You got to. He's always been this kind of player where he just gives you a few monster games and then he'll give you decent decent production throughout the season, but then he'll have a, a few stinkers and it yeah. just so happens that those stinkers might have come uh over the last couple of weeks. Although uh Buddy, our buddy Chris Raybon, who uh, or Ray Raybon, I think is his la- is the way you say his last name, who writes for Number Fire, uh, he he pointed out that Colson's targets are are lower this year, uh, yeah. so far, so far, uh, and and obviously, um, you know, you would you would expect that to to hopefully change a little bit because Colson's a freak, mm-hmm. um, and if more defenses, I mean, defenses have to stop Jimmy Graham. They're gonna put thousands of of men on him, thousands. <laughs> Armies of men on Jimmy Graham. That's uh, yeah, that's an interesting strategy. Uh, the uh, just real quick, right, getting back to the adjusted points. I just want to throw out one guy uh, as far as kickers go. Yes. Uh, here's a streaming kicker. kicker streaming kicker streaming. A streaming kicker pick for this week is drumroll Jay Feely from the Cards. Nice. Nice. He uh, he really stuck out to me. So, um, but you know what? If he if he kicks. Five extra points. Don't don't tweet me. Well, that just means well that just means that Carson Palmer had a good game. Right. That and and if you if you did the right thing and you streamed Palmer, then you're all right. Yeah, that's great. So so there. Or or Richard Mendenhall had seven touchdowns. Stop. Just stop. <laughs> all right. Let's uh let's move on to the ranting. Yes. Let's do that. It's I'll, my turn or yours. I think it's my turn to go first. Okay. All right. <clears throat> Oh, whoa, whoa, yeah. that, that is a major throat clearing. Yeah, I had to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> tonight, I am going to rant about paragraph breaks. Uh, Denny, I sent you a DM on Twitter about this earlier this morning, uh, so, so you already kind of know this, but <laughs> as, as a lot of people know who listen to this, I, I'm always recruiting uh, for, for good writers to help contribute to the awesomenumberfire.com website. That is my job. Uh and so, so I'm always looking for people. Uh, you know, we have over a hundred thousand subscribers, and it's a it's a great place uh, to really get get started uh, with with your writing if you want a, a larger audience and a larger larger readership. So recently, I've been I've been trying to get some basketball writers, and I've brought on a few awesome writers. There's already some NBA content on the site. Um, so if you're into basketball, definitely check that out. But you know, I've been I've been looking for writers, and um, you know, before I just simply bring them on and say, yeah, yeah, write for the site. I really want to have your fifth grade writing style on numberfire.com. Uh, I look at some writing samples. So you know, a- anyone that's listening to this podcast that has submitted a writing sample, you know what I'm talking about. Um, but I want to give you a little tip: paragraph breaks, freaking paragraph breaks. If I open one more document and see a giant building worth of words, which I did today. I saw a paragraph worth 819 words. One paragraph was 819 words. I'm going to close the document. And I, ser- I seriously don't mean that to be harsh. Uh, I'm just reacting to the way that readers read on the internet. This is something that goes an incredibly long way, or an incredibly long way. You know, from, from a website usability standpoint, which is something that I did and for a living and, and worked with for a living before I got into this whole fantasy football thing, um, you know, not breaking your content is is, is one of the, the big rules in, in, in terms of content uh, on the internet. So doing that, you're just going to get people dropping off on your website. So if you're a writer out there, or if you're looking to write, or if you're trying to become a writer, freaking use a paragraph break. Start a new paragraph. Split up your thoughts. Make it more cohesive and fun to read. The end. Yes. Uh... I will say, as uh, someone who's who's been in uh, various parts of the writing business for my entire career, uh, it's hard on the eyes. Yeah, you know, it's it just 
it could be like like really good legit writing and 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 you're just you're just so i don't know taken aback by like you said the mountain of words like the non-stop mountain of yeah. words that 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 you can hardly focus on anything else um you know i i try to make a habit just just as a as a tip here um two sentences at most for yeah. me in a paragraph uh i mean unless you're talking about like a short really short and kind of punchy sentence um but yeah yeah just there's no reason i mean i mean well you know what are you what are you trying to do do you think it looks better it looks it looks horrendous <laughs> yeah, it looks awful and in the the thing too that people need to understand, I know that this is not really fantasy football related, and, and now we're giving. I mean, Denny's the guy to talk about with the writing stuff because <laughs> he's been he's been schooled in this stuff. But uh, from from a standpoint of um, usability, the, the 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 not breaking up and I I've lost my train of thought thought completely just there. I, this is the second straight podcast that I did that. But anyway. Um, I don't remember what I was going to say. You go can, ahead and yeah. go ahead and rant. I'll probably I'll probably uh, uh, interrupt you in the middle of, of your rant and say right. what I was thinking. Oh, of. I yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I will go ahead then and rant and tell a certain a very small sliver of the fantasy football community population, whatever you will here. You're ruining Christmas, and <laughs> well, what I mean by that is. That this is this is Christmas time for for fantasy football, and in in a couple ways. One, it's the season, okay, and we all remember how um, you know the dark days of the off season when we spent four four days consecutively arguing about the fantasy potential of Emmanuel Sanders. Yes. So okay, so first of all, it's the freaking season. Secondly, um, this is a golden age. The 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 game is booming in popularity it's mentioned in mainstream circles all the time the nfl has finally recognized it for what it is and that is uh a reason for people to watch garbage games like the 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 giants vikings and there's still there's a certain you know part of the the community who continue to berate players for not playing for playing poorly uh, they threaten them. They threaten their lives on Twitter. I think this happened to Brandon Jacobs uh, this week when yeah. Jacobs sat with a hamstring injury. And I know, I know that it's not it's not fair to say you know like 0.01% of people who play fantasy football uh, were were you know tweeting death threats to players on their roster, and and you know that that somehow is uh, it, uh, representative of all. Um, you know, 20 million people who play the game. Um, but, you know, if you're out there and if you've even, you know, tweeted to, to a player, you know, something about you really let me down today or this and that, you stop. Just just don't don't do that. Even if you even if you have this, you know, irresistible desire to pin the blame on the player, uh, there are certain things uh, that well, no, there aren't certain things. You can't, <laughs> you can't control anything. You know, just go on your pretend Twitter. Yes, you don't, you, you don't, you don't, you don't control anything that happens to the players on your team. All you can do is, and I feel like I'm just repeating my book here, but um, all you can do is is do, play the correct play, play the players who who have, uh, you know, who you believe have the most upside, who have the most. Uh, potential for for that week, and if they get hurt, if they have a a, a heart uh, palpitation or a, 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 a heart, oh man, I forget what Arian Foster had last year. Murmur. Uh, irregular heartbeat. If they have an irregular heartbeat, don't tweet them and say that that you know that they hope that you hope that uh, that he has a heart attack um, because he cost you your fantasy championship, like happened to Foster last year. Just keep it, keep it to yourself. I know it's frustrating when these things happen, um, but if you go in knowing that that these things will happen, that bad luck will strike you sometimes, um, then there then there's really no reason to. And getting back to my original point, uh, you're making all of us look bad. I mean, people already think 
that you know fantasy football owners are you know in their mother's basement owning you know managing their 55 teams and um, you know eating eating Cheetos out of out of the bag and drinking uh, uh, Mountain Dew Code Red you know um, <laughs> which I never have done either any of those things none and I definitely didn't live in my mother's basement as, and you def- as like five years ago so. you definitely weren't playing World of Warcraft and Halo while doing that right on multiple screens. So we we already we're kind of working uphill here, you know, fantasy football wise. So <laughs> you're kind of you're bringing me down. You're bringing us down. So just just re- relax with the Twitter threats, people. Yeah, I definitely agree. One one of the big things to always remember with fantasy is that you know sometimes you just have to accept, and and you you bring this kind of stuff up in, in the book all the time. Sometimes you just have to accept if your decision making and your logic was correct, you won. Yeah, you're, yeah. A, you're a winner. Exactly. Like with Jay Cutler, I, I do I regret playing him in most of my leagues last week? Oh, not at all. He was right. the right play. Right. Right. You know? Absolutely. You know, I mean, I mean, do I do I wish that I had gotten some some freaking fantasy points from my quarterback? Yes, of course. But you know, he was the right play. I don't regret it at all. He was playing a terrible defense, and we all saw that how bad they were, and that they let um, you know McCown go for 15 points. Yeah. Um, so you know that those are the things that you just have to, um, you know, I, you have to live with. It's 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 a lot like a, you know, uh, a lot like a poker player who knows that once in a while they're gonna sh- shove all their chips in on a great hand and they're gonna be beat. Yeah. It just happens. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I think that we've we've gone a little bit over our, our typical hour limit. So, Denny, why don't you why don't you tell everyone where they can find you and and why they need to support you? Yes, right. Well, uh, on Twitter, it's at at CD Carter thirteen, not two ats, just one. Um, I write for, <laughs> at 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 at. Uh, I write for the fakefootball dot com, uh, xnsports dot com, and four for four dot com. Um, I, I also write for Draft Day recently. So, so you guys, boom. Know. So I'm I'm trying to get up to ten websites by the end of the year, um, and my book is available on iTunes and the Amazon uh, machine. It's uh, called How to Think Like a Fantasy Football Winner, and all proceeds go to baby food and diapers. Xavier needs it. He does. Needs it bad. I'm JJ Zacharyson. You can find me at at Late Round QB. <laughs> Uh, and I write on the Numberfire machine at numberfire.com. Lots of content there. Lots of new writers there, and it's some—it's really, really some fresh content um, that—that's been happening there. So if you like any sport, really, because we're not just uh, football focused, we're mostly football focused, but not only football focused. Uh, definitely check us out, numberfire.com. That's it, Denny. You want to? We haven't done this in a while, but do you want to go meet up for some milkshakes? I do, and and remind me where we meet up. We meet up at West Virginia, right? At a, a, a casino at the, at the at the Wheeling Casino. No, no, the races and slots. Charleston. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The Charleston Casino. All right, I'll see. I'll see you in Charleston. Okay, that sounds good. All right, guys, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Living the Stream. We hope you enjoyed the internet podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes now. It won't take long, it's fast. For more fantasy football info, check out LakeGroundQB.com. Hope you come back soon as we share about.